Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, make sure you don't miss an episode. While we're talking about Dak, real quick, and then we're we'll move on. Uh, MVP Dak currently, according to MGM, is fourth. Okay, in this race, it's Jalen Hurts award to lose. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got Lamar, you got Tua. I think two and Dak are probably right there. Is there any chance he wins this damn thing? I'm talking about Dak Prescott. Does he win the MVP? I'm just trying to think back anecdotally, like the way, because this is done by, it's not done by AI, at least not yet, right? It's not done by a statistical <laughs> database. It's that not, scared it's you? Not done, it's not done by an algorithm. It's done by humans, right? So oh, the way God. humans usually look at this, like everybody thought Dallas was a playoff team, more or less, right? Most people figured um, they're probably going to be second best to the Eagles in their division. And they'll probably be the best team out of all the other non-division winners. And then you throw in all the quarterback injuries to other teams on top of that. Like Dallas doing what we thought Dallas was going to do, but having incredibly gaudy numbers at home against the dregs of the NFL. You know, like if they were to come back and win the division, like how many wildcard teams have the league's MVP? It doesn't feel like. No. Right? Like just. Thinking about it, it doesn't really like you weren't even the best team in your division, but you've got the best team and best player in football. Especially when the, the league's so watered down, I don't know that that's how that thing goes. Like now, if he had a forty-eight touchdown season, if or something like if the numbers get crazy, yeah. But I don't think the numbers are going to get crazy because I think they're again they're about to be tested in a different way. And I don't think you're going to be able to do whatever you want in the second half already up by 27 points and just pat your stats. So my suspicion is no. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if Hurts is a one seed and Lamar's a one seed, I'm not sure that a four seed Dak is going to do enough to unseat one of those guys, assuming they stay healthy. Um, and like with Tua, like, doesn't pass the eye test. He's throwing, like, if you look at the last seven weeks, he's, he's, the touchdown numbers and the eye numbers are like, are, are yeah. but I mean, they're almost identical. Like, he's throwing as many picks lately as he is touchdowns. Like, 
I like these are his TD passing by week. One, two, one, three, one, three, two, one. Like he had eight touchdown passes in the first three weeks. He hasn't come close to maintaining that pace. So he's got an interception in six of his last eight. He's got eight interceptions total in his last eight games. Mm. You know, I I don't know. I I I I don't think so. You know, I I don't I don't think so. Um, But we'll see. There's still a lot of football left. There is, Uh, and that's what's going to be interesting about this MVP hunt and seeing who takes the lead, who you know who separates. And and you know, again, I know we're talking a lot about Hurts, and maybe this is just his year, but. You just can't count out Mahomes, man. That come from behind victory against the Raiders. Raiders are playing good. And then it was almost like he just he turned it on, Jason. You know what I mean? It was like well, he flipped. The yeah. In the second half, you know, they had they had scored what? Like uh 13 total second half points in the last six weeks, I think. And they were able to score what? 17. That was 14-14, I think, at the half. And they, they ended up scoring another 17. They needed to get they needed to get it going in the second half. I do wonder, man, if Daniel Carlson is pretty automatic. If he makes that 30-yard field goal and it gets to 17-0, like, I really wonder what what that game might have looked like. Because it was clear that Reed was going to run. Like, Reed wanted to stay balanced. Reed knew he can't – I can't afford a red zone pick in this game. You know what I mean? And I felt like things were pretty conservative from a play-calling standpoint already. Like, and he really – even when Pacheco didn't get much going early, I'm like, he's going to keep – he's going to keep – feeding him because he wants to stay balanced. He's just trying to keep it close. He can't afford a turnover now. Like, if it got to a three-score game, um, and again, it was a 30-yard chip shot field goal away from doing that, I wonder if that would have really kind of affected them and maybe led to some of those turnovers and some of those manic plays and Mahomes forcing some decisions um, in a way that, frankly, we've seen more this year than ever in his career. Um, And again, I think a lot of that has to do with the guys around him not being particularly good. Uh, you know, and if, if it was one week sooner, and I know Max Crosby played in that game, but when they hit you with a doubtful, like medically, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, and, and he's, he, he, he gives it all he has, but I think over the course of four quarters, was he going to be able, you know what I mean? To be himself. And I think that had something to do with why the second half went like it did. Um, but yeah, that was an absolute must win game for the chiefs. Uh, they, they had to boss that second half, and they did. Um, I still just don't know. I mean, I lean to them. I defer to them. I, I, I'll, I'll put them in the Super Bowl until proven otherwise. But that's another one. Let's let let's see what it looks like if they're, you know, they're, they're only guaranteed one home playoff game and not all of them. Yeah, because it changes things. Hey, while we're talking about uh... – you know, Philadelphia, uh, in this particular episode, we're talking about Jalen Hurts. I want to ask you, because we've always seen idiot fans. I know you're aware of the thing that happened with Shaq Lawson, Bill's defensive end, goes basically, you know, confronts a fan. He put out an apology on Instagram saying, those of you who know me know I'm all about the fans. I love and respect the game and my opponents. But he said before the game started, there was a fan behind our bench who was making life-threatening remarks towards us and our families. And then he said things boiled over. And you, you know, the video, you see Shaq Lawson 
and, and Jason, we've we've dealt. Listen, we've been doing this a long time. We've dealt with idiot fans. We've seen them. We've heard them. We've covered enough games in our life to know that some people get out of control. But this thing in Philly, specifically in Philly, right? It's unlike anywhere else. And it's almost like it's accepted. Like, hey, you're going to go into the lion's den and you're going to get treated like shit and just accept it, you know? And I just, I don't know if that's the way it should be. I'm all about fandom and going crazy for your team and, you know, talking a little noise that's healthy. But we've seen this escalate, right? We've seen fans get into more fights and all this kind of stuff. And as a player, if you're threatening me or my family as the game is going on and he let it get to him, I I just – I don't know where the league goes with this. What are you doing? Are you going to kick out all the Philly fans? Because they're all doing it, right? Most of these folks are doing it. They're not all bad people, but at the end of the day, that's the reputation that they have. And now you've got players wanting to confront some of these folks. Yeah, I mean – Look, I, I covered uh, Washington for five years um, as a beat reporter, covered a lot of games there, um, covered a lot of playoff, fair amount of playoff games there that didn't involve Washington just, you know, as a national NFL reporter. It is a little different. Um, I can vividly remember an incident where fans, I think it was more than one, were throwing stuff at Clinton Portis's mom. And it was pretty clear it was Clinton Portis's mom because she had a bedazzled Clinton Portis jersey on. You know what I mean? And like the way she right. was cheering. And if I recall correctly, she hauled off and hit somebody, and like there were no charges pressed. Like it was like, like this person was very much within their, you know, their they're standing their ground to eventually physically retaliate against what was being perpetrated upon her. Like no one was trying to act like, you know. Um, she was in the wrong whatsoever. And players just, you'd hear, you know, you'd, you'd shoot the bull with guys. and Yeah, I mean, they would say, they'd, they'd tell their wives, you know, don't wear my jersey, don't wear any of our stuff. You know, like, and, and I guess there's probably a little bit of that everywhere. I do think it's a little different in Philly. I, I, I think the Eagles are aware of it. I'm sure they probably try to be vigilant to some degree about it. Um, I don't know. Like, it's weird. I don't know where to draw the line. You know, I've I've been to, like, European soccer matches. I'm, you know, I've watched soccer my whole life. I mean, it it might feel like it's sort of animalistic, but in a lot of those stadiums, literally the visitor's section of this, there is a certain section. That's where the visiting fans sit. And there's chain link fences on either side of that, that section. Literally yeah. keeping people who don't have tickets in those sections from getting in there. Like I remember going to an Arsenal Chelsea FA Cup match in the early 2000s, and I happened to be sitting like right where the Chelsea, like right almost at the end of the touchline, where the next two sections were the where the visitors see Chelsea, and there's a chain link fence going all the way up to the top at Highbury, their old stadium. I don't know if they're at the new one. And there's Chelsea fans trying to climb it and Arsenal fans trying to climb it to fight at the top. But this isn't like the WWF. Like the the fence goes up to a ceiling wall. There's no like it's not like it's you know a steel cage match and there's it's open ended. Like I'm like yeah. where there's nowhere to fight up there. You're you're just you're climbing up this thing to hit a wall to come back down. But it's like so you know what I mean when you see that and you're like 
I, I'm not condoning anything that happens here. You know what I mean? Sure. But it's 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 like, you know, at, at least we don't. Although you look at some of these videos that come out of some of these stadiums, and you're like, maybe that's what you do need. 